I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This is our Saturday edition, our double dose of liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. You can find us at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, and at libertyfirstuniversity.com. I'm here today with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Howdy. And uh, we have for you today our... Double Dose Show, which means uh, we're going to be with you for two hours on the radio, or we're going to be for with you for one hour in the podcast. And, you know, JC, I've been scouring the news this morning, and I saw that there's some alleged voter fraud going on, uh, evidence of voter fraud in uh, California. Oh, really? In the California election. So something happened and now they think that the entire California election has been uh, rigged because of mail-in ballots. Stuff's everywhere, man. How do you how do you have security for a mail-in ballot? What, uh, what's what's the check on something like that? How do you know somebody's? You well, see, how do you know somebody's not filling out like four of them and sending them in? How do you know somebody hasn't? asked for a mail-in ballot to their home and said four people live there that don't live there? Uh, well, they have to be on the roll. I mean, I'm sure they're – I don't know. It's, it's I, I don't know. <laughs> they I don't could know. be dead. Well, yeah. I, well, I mean, that goes <laughs> so, back to the just, voter yeah, rolls. But, I mean, I, I think it goes out – it's not like a blank thing. It goes out with your name on it and all that. Right, but what I'm saying is, is what if you have uh, three people in your home Right. And maybe two are elderly parents. You're filling out the voter ballot for them, too. I mean, wh- oh, yeah. You mean as far as who? Right. Who's actually filling out the ballot? Yeah. Who's actually oh, I guess that's doing true. the voting? I mean, there's no security there. What's your Think neighbor about could. Yeah. Get your, I don't the know. neighbor man. could get I, your I ballot. I, I know mean, military seriously. fills out. I mean, it's absentee ballots like that. A lot of the military vote like that. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is that there's even. Uh, I don't know if you remember when you were in the military, the uh, the uh, uh, scandals that always happen about how the military ballots never make it in time to be actually counted. Uh, I remember one story uh, not not long before I got out of of some. What did they call those guys? There was like somebody that handled the voter voter registration thing. There was usually some 
uh, NCO or, or some point person. Oh, you but, mean in the military? Yeah, it's but not I remember Secretary of Election, but it's something. Yeah, in the military, I mean. Uh, but I remember a story of of like some officer or NCO gathering all the the young troops and basically telling them what to put on there, like like basically walking through filling right. out their ballot, yeah. which is not yeah. cool. No, that's not cool. Well, I, I don't know. That goes back to the whole thing. If you don't know who you're supposed to vote for, then don't vote. Yeah. Don't show up. I'm I'm know. not voter I'm not a get out and vote kind of person. I'm not for everybody voting. <laughs> I, I, that may make yeah. people mad, but you're I am dumb, not for right. Well, if you're, it's not about being dumb. It's about being informed. And if it, you're not concerned enough about being informed until you sit down to do the stinking ballot, yeah, don't do it. Well, don't I do think it. Most don't. Well, then I mean, don't we had, do it. We had what they characterize as, as record turnout this past time, and it was only half half of eligible, less than half of eligible yeah, voters. Yeah, well, uh, I'm just saying it should be less. So most most <laughs> people aren't. should be less. Yeah, most people aren't involved anyway. So uh, can as we, a res- Can we mention bump stocks again? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yesterday, oh, that's good you said that because – uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of great feedback about the bump stock show. Great, because I got matter, bad feedback. You did. <laughs> they didn't like you. <laughs> I I have no. Well, That's I mean, terrible. it's a friend from Indiana. Emails me, oh. and I had to go back and listen to the show because I'm like, I don't I don't know what you heard, and so because apparently <laughs> apparently I said things that were quote ignorant and foolish. And we didn't take the wow. bump stock thing seriously. And I thought, I don't what? remember doing that show. Oh, my so, goodness. I had the exact opposite response okay, from so people I had on to go social back, media. So I had to go back and listen to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, taking it serious, the first, the first segment what, when that you we started. Didn't, that we didn't take the seriousness of okay, the let me, let let me Okay, right, let, no, no, let me get right okay. to the point where yeah, I think it is. I did have a headache yesterday, so I thought, well, I, you know, sometimes I don't say stuff very well when I have a migraine. Uh, and I think that was the case. So I listened to it and I, th- I think now, because the only, the one I found when I said, uh, what did, wow, what was now? I forgot what the word I used. I said, um, Oh, meaningless. I said, uh, the bump stock ban was meaningless. I was referencing and I said later, so I didn't lead with this. Mm-hmm. Th- this is a, this is the argument from the gun grabbers website that the bump stock ban is meaningless so it sounded like i was saying that it was meaningless that's not what i was saying Mm -hmm. i I was saying that that was the gun grabber argument that this thing is meaningless because the bump stocks don't do anything right and so they were saying that this is just this is just uh trump trying to trying to get points Mm -hmm. with the left and secretly signal to the right that He's really not doing anything. So that's not what I was saying. Yeah. I w- that's, well, maybe that was he on just, the gun grabber argument. Maybe he missed that intro and then and then it, and then it well, touched him emotionally no, no, and he got Yeah, angry I missed the intro. I didn't, you missed It uh, sounded like I was saying that meaningless. Uh, but I, and okay. I said later this is what the gun grabbers this is the argument. I see you said it after you yes, said it. Yes. Oh, okay. So maybe right. that's where the misunderstanding was cuz you now the other parts not take it seriously i don't i don't know you you said not only is this 
Second Amendment, you said this is an attack on the first, on the fourth. This is confiscation of property without due process. This is uh, representation without legislation. And this and legislation this, without legislation without rep- <laughs> yeah. representation because it's the uh, ATF or whatever or Justice Department making the regulation. Then Donald Trump approving the regulation. And then you said if they if they do that, they'd be violating the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And and you said that this this kind of thing sets a precedent for the destruction of. Uh, uh, not only of your of your Second Amendment rights, but many other rights it impacts on. Uh, so I I not I don't I didn't see the. Well, on a more positive so. So note, I, I don't know. On a more so positive anyway, there, note, I hope yeah. that well, I hope that makes it clear. I'm yeah, sure he's right. listening again. I, right. I don't know. I emailed him. I you know he'll email me back. But we appreciate you. I yeah. mean, he's the well, guy's the hard f- worker. He's hosted us. He's organized things. So I don't know. I. I chalk it up to my migraine. I just didn't say it well, but it's certainly not what I meant. And it's, I felt like we were taking it seriously. That was the whole point of the show. Right. No. Well, and, and we did get a lot of feedback, uh, through social media, at least on my end, people saying what a great show it was and how it made people think about the, the whole, uh, bump stop thing from a different perspective. Yeah. Even, even the conservative gun owners, uh, are are saying on the media, well, you know, bump stocks, nobody uses them. It's it's not a really big deal that right. they're they're doing that. I mean, I'm hearing that on and seeing that on from conservatives and yeah. Twitter and Facebook. And that and was that was the, the point gun we were making. Argument. That's right. what I was saying. Yeah, but that's not, not even argument. gun grabbers though. Those are those right. are conservative people saying, look, why are you guys getting all worked up? Nobody even uses them anyway. And it's not about the thing. It's about establishing a precedent. Yeah. That's what we were trying to say, and it's That's and it's serious. and it's very serious. As a matter of fact, uh, we have a, a I don't know. You're not on Facebook, so you you don't recognize this, but they have Facebook has this new uh, classification for people that visit professional pages like like ours, yeah. and they're called top fans. They get stars and crazy little stuff. And uh, Val, who is one of our top fans, she actually. Uh, told me yesterday that she loved the show so much that she actually sat down and penned Donald Trump a letter about this bump stocks as we as she was listening to the show. Well, and that's what we're that's that's the kind of activation that we're really looking for here on this show. I felt, activation. I felt like I talked a lot less last show, so yeah, I you thought, did. So therefore, the show was better. Oh. <laughs> That's what I thought. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> I you you didn't talk much yesterday, but I didn't you didn't tell me you had a migraine, so I would have given you the day off if you were it told no, me no. that. But <laughs> so anyway, back to California. Uh the new governor, Gavin Newsom, and he just lo- I'm looking at a picture of him. He he looks like Silicon Valley, doesn't he? I I don't know. I I just he looks like a Napa Valley wine guy. He he's like the he looks quintessential California to I, me. I don't know. I don't know. I thought he looked like one of these sort of Central American dictators kind of oh. guy. Cartel <laughs> cartel leader. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe the slick back hair thing going yeah, on. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um he says that he's gonna call California National Guard back from the border. Now again, <laughs> Um, that's his prerogative. That, okay, that's, that's his own border. Like, that's what? his own. That's their own border. That's his prerogative. <laughs> what a that's job. what the people are going to do. Um, but here's the reaction. 
the reaction ought to be because this is California now and we have lots of friends in California. Erin Cruz, she she ran for Senate and uh, she has had me on her show. She's huge patriot. She is a huge advocate for liberty and she's always saying, please don't forget about us here in California. I mean, we have people in California who are fighting hard, but they're fighting against a tidal wave. Yeah. I mean, first off, the California Constitution, uh, the California government operates unconstitutionally, according to the California Constitution, every single day. Every single day. Most people don't realize that Californians are not represented in Sacramento. The California Constitution dictates how many people per representative, per district, and they have not de- redistrict in so long that, that the people are not even represented anymore. And here's the catch. California is so huge that if they actually followed their own constitution, and this is not an exaggeration, it would take a building the size of a small city to house all the representatives in California government. So they can't do it. But when we get back from the break, I want to talk about the proper reaction from the states now that, all, now that the governor says he's going to do this. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And uh, we are uh, happy to have you here with the show. Now, Gavin Newsom, the new governor of California, uh, is telling us that he's going to recall the California National Guard from the California-Mexico border. Now, let's be clear. This is a state thing. This is their prerogative to do that. I understand, and, and, and we have to understand that, but here's the proper response that ought to occur in the remaining states, okay? So if you live in a state that borders California, it would be then important to let the governor know, if you do this, then we will have to establish a check at your border, right? A check at your border. Now, people like freak out. Let me see your papers. Look, when you drive through um, California, you drive through the, the states that border Mexico, there's checkpoints there where people, where you, ha- you pull over and uh, you are asked, uh, a couple questions about whether you uh, have ID or Americans or whatever. We've been through several of them. Now, some now don't get me wrong. Some of those agents are completely out of check, okay? Completely out of control. And then you've got the federal courts and their whole crazy idea that the Constitution doesn't apply in a 100-mile radius or a uh, 100-mile border around the United States. Yeah. We've talked about that, right? But... As a border patrol, 
checking for people who are crossing the border illegally, right? Who are who are coming in this country illegally. And you can define that and get angry with me or do whatever you want. I don't care. But here's the point. It's not about stopping Americans from crossing from California into another state. If your state wants to limit the people that come into its state that are not citizens of this country, then that's the, the, that's the proper response. If California is not going to feel it's necessary to secure its borders from criminals, sick people, mentally insane people, then that's what they need to do. Then, then, then your state needs to do that. Now, somebody's going to jump up. Chris Ann just said all caravanners are, are criminals, sick, and insane. No, I'm not saying that. How many people realize that Ellis Island turned away people who were sick, people who were criminals, and people who had mental health issues? Right. I mean, this is just about, you want to get into the security of the people. Think about all of the, the lack of security here in America with, with our health, with these people coming into America who, who don't live by our health standards. And I'm just saying, look, if it's, maybe I've taken this out too long, but if it's Gav, Gavin Newsom's prerogative to withhold draw the border patrol his his national guard it is equally the prerogative of the states who border california to protect their borders does that make sense yeah i I hope that that makes sense and it's a state issue it's not a federal government issue california's got a lot of problems yeah well i don't know it's 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 very very disturbing to me. I hate it for the Patriots there. I mean, they're good people there. When we first started as these United States, it was well known amongst the states and the governors that it was their responsibility to not only be a check and balance on the federal government, but to be a check and balance on the other states. Think about the Kentucky Resolution, the Virginia Resolution of the uh, 1799 and 1800s. Those were not the first and they were not the last of the resolutions. There was um, the Religious Liberty Resolutions. And I mean, there were several. And and what they were 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 guidances for the other states. You're doing this. We want you to know how that's not according to our agreement. And we want you to know that if you do this, we're not going to follow along with you, and if you do this, there are consequences to your actions from our perspective in commerce, in uh, trade, and in, in just simply conversation. As arrogant men tear up our constitution, and from every direction, we cry revolution, standing together and without. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. 
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Hey, J.C., I know you you actually scour the news better than I do, but did you see this from Judicial Watch? That 16 FBI agents raided the home of a Clinton Foundation Uranium One whistleblower. I did not. I got an email response, by the way. I, I just oh, did checked you? my email. Oh, okay. I didn't see it before, but... From about your, the our friend in bump stocks? Yeah, yeah, so the again the th- one of the things was so that I suggested that uh you know basically this is this is a novelty accessory, not many people have it. What's the big deal? So again, what I didn't make clear was um, I was parroting the right, gun grab argument. Right. I that was not what I was saying. What I was I was offering that to get your to get Chris Ann's counter to that because mm-hmm. that's I was actually looking at, I didn't want to name the site I was actually reading it from because I don't want to give them publicity. That's right, why I said gun right, grabber. Right. So it was a gun grabber site that was saying that. Now, well, you know, the other JC, thing- there are people who have have said to me, you know, Christiane, it's really helpful when JC plays that advocate, the, the, the sort of devil's advocate. We need you yeah. to, to be able, because we're providing the proper arguments sure. against these people. But, you know, I, I, I we'll, just, we'll just be better at it next time. Sure. That's all. So then the other, th- now, the other thing, was uh so you you were referencing things people had said to you now mm-hmm. i'm not an expert on bump stock are you no but i have I'm gun not. experts who okay, told me so, so that's what the idea that uh they have little utility value right they're uh-huh. not accurate not useful and can be replaced with some type of bent piece of metal as the person told you I don't know. That's what they said. I don't right, know. That's right. so you have there. And that's different. what I said. My gun experts tell me that. So. Right. So this guy has a bump stock. Uses a bump stock. Says it's fine. Uh, works great. Gives the I imagine does what thing. it does. Uh, wh- what it's supposed to do. So this was. Just, I don't. I don't know. Take it up with them. But <laughs> but there are people who say that. I've heard that. I heard that from some but, of these guys. But here's as well. the thing. I think. I don't know. The problem here is we mentioned in the need show. A bump stock myself, um, so. It's not about the bump stock. It's simply not about the bump stock. The whole show was not about bump stocks. It was about... Not specifically, it, right? No, it's not specifically, and, and not at all about bump stocks. It's about the fact that it, it's being used as an excuse to create a precedent while nobody's looking and nobody's paying attention. Yeah, and but about the, the loss bump of stock liberty. in the sense so. of you have a right to have it, and right. the people have a right to manufacture it. The manufacture it, that was a big thing. And so they're having their liberty violations for sure. But as far as the utility or whatever, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have an opinion. It's These not were the opinions issue. of others that we were yeah. sharing. I. Whatever. It's it wasn't. It's not even an issue. So you know, I don't know if if, if we're missing the forest for the trees. If a. It's, if I it's need, about taking your rights. If and I your need, property. If I need a rapid fire when I need rapid fire, I'm just gonna make me a full auto. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So 16 FBI agents recently raided the home of a Department of Justice whistleblower who was in possession, according to Judicial Watch, uh, was in possession of Clinton Foundation and Uranium One documents after coming across this information while he was working for an FBI contractor, according to the whistleblower's uh, lawyer. Now, the Daily Caller reported that the whistleblower, his name's Dennis Nathan Kane, had given the documents to Inspector General Howowitz and both the House and the Senate Intelligence Committees. 
And then over a dozen FBI agents came and searched his home for over six hours, although it already given the documents to the proper investigative channels, according to his lawyer. Now, I want to mention to you, this happened under guess whose watch? Jeff Sessions. Okay, so here you have more proof that Jeff Sessions is and was a plant put there to protect Hillary Clinton and their cabal. So this was a guy who had documents that that basically gave dirt on Hillary Clinton and their and the Clintons. Right. Low dealings. Uh, with this uranium one thing. Yeah, and the Clinton Foundation. And so they confiscated the evidence, and where is it now? Well, he handed it over to, uh, this says he handed it over to the Inspector General, and he handed it over to the both House and Senate Intelligence Committees. So this is, where's their, where's their investigation on this? Where's their, I mean, this is their dossier. Nobody paid for this, right? This is stuff that a, a, a private contractor came across while he was working for the federal government and said, whoa, this is incredible. I need to give this over to the inspector general. Yeah, which is right? the proper thing. Which is the proper do, thing to do. As far as whistleblowers. And instead of engaging in investigation, they retaliated against him. Yeah. Okay, so how is this different from the Mueller investigation. Well, the only diff there are several differences. Difference number one, uh, the Clintons didn't pay for this dossier. Trump didn't pay for this guy to hand over stuff the way they did. The, the Clintons bought the dossier. In other words, this is real right, evidence. This is real evidence, not, right? Not some fantasy concocted comic book right. that they paid. Right. It has to do with yeah. real life situations, real evidence, real stuff. Right. And the other difference is it's against the Clintons. And that's the problem. Yeah. Oh, it, well, and the difference, the difference between two scenarios. So Jeff Sessions refused to do anything about the Mueller investigation and stepped aside. But any potential look into the Clintons, Clintons. and he sent the hit squad to put a quash on it. That it is. Our and, and 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 this thing just makes me crazy because now, you know, you got Justice Roberts standing up and saying there's no Obama judges. There's no Clinton judges. There's no Bush judges. We're just all honest, hardworking people trying to protect people's rights. And and, and uh, wait, 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 wait. I, he did say that, didn't he? He said he named there's no Obama, Clinton, Bush. Bush yes. Right. Well, then he's correct. <laughs> Yes. How so? He it, he's he's signaling. See, these guys, they put this right out in front of your face where you can't see what's going on. Obama, Clinton, Bush. There are no Obama, Clinton, Bush cuz it's one single cabal. Yeah. It's one group. Yeah. Okay. People like to make that <laughs> make that Clinton versus Bush. Right. That, oh, yeah. They're the same group. They are. So he's right. In other, in other words, what he was really saying is we're all on the same team. 
Well, that's exactly what We're all what part it's, of the same team. The problem is, is the objective of the team is, is misrepresented. And so it, he said that it was about protecting people's rights and, and – Yeah, but you didn't say this. which people. <laughs> oh, I'm telling man. you, man. These cats speak in code. Oh, the tangled web we uh, weave. I'm telling you, when you know who they are, <laughs> then you can understand what they're saying. Come on, people. I don't know. It's the whole idea – uh, and and the thing is, JC, I have running through. So my he and brain. Jeff said. In other words, he and Jeff Session are on the same team. They're on the James. And that's yeah. and and so why is he coming against what's going on with? So you know, come on. All of a sudden, Jeff Session's out the door, and then Roberts has to speak up. Do you know what I think? The only thing that actually saves Donald Trump's life is the fact that Donald Trump is not a constitutionalist. Or else he's on a team too, and he's just real good at playing the game. Well, I, you know, <laughs> well, but it, it it wouldn't matter because he can't be a constitutionalist and be on the team. So my point is Either that the way, only he's thing safe. he's his his <laughs> life is safe because he is not a constitutionalist. If you had somebody, goodness gracious, can you imagine if Ron Paul had actually been elected president? I was worried when Donald Trump criticized the Federal Reserve not too yeah. long ago, but he, he, he got quiet real quick. He got quick. quiet real quick on that one. <laughs> I was like, why hasn't we haven't we heard anything from Trump about the Federal Reserve lately? That seems mm, a bit odd, don't you think? Yeah, he spoke up, then that that was the end of that. I want to say something. I thought he better be careful. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't ride in no uh, convertible Lincoln or anything like that. In downtown Dallas. Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think eleven point two billion dollars is a lot of money? Oh uh, yeah. Even in government terms, would you consider eleven point two billion dollars a lot of money these days? I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> probably not. Well, but I mean, it's I like think a hundred bucks. It's like what a hundred bucks would be to a regular person. But maybe? when you're talking billions and not millions, trillions. I mean, the government spends trillions. So yeah, yeah. A billion, billion today. A billion, eleven billion dollars. I think is still a big deal. Maybe in government. Well, we've had consecutive trillion dollar budgets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, here's the problem. I think it's, when you start, I think a, eleven billion dollars would be like eleven thousand dollars for the average person. I, well, the, the problem is when you start, when numbers start getting so astronomically large, they kind of lose coherency. They lose their meaning. We lose yeah. concept. Of I think the government, those in government, lose concept. Definitely. I don't think the American people do. But I want to say this to well, you. Well, they must. I want to say this. We would have to. Yeah, we would have to. If if this just continues year after year, we lost eleven point two billion dollars bailing out General Motors. Yeah. And they're still not operating. Well, right. I mean, still not operating well. Now, there's a lot of hype going on about. about Well, you say lost. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) lost. Uh, they were supposed to pay we us. It. We were supposed to. They yeah, we lost at. it. U.S. taxpayers lost more yeah. than $11.2 billion. How many people realize that the bailout was supposed to be repaid? Right. They were supposed to repay us, and then they just stopped. They paid themselves. Right? So $11.2 billion is what we lost when uh, when the government 
sold back its shares to of General Motors. Come on, somebody is it, is it lost if you know where it's at? Yeah, because I, I could point out where yeah. where it's at. I could point out where it went. So I talk about General Motors because it's in the news because they're shutting down several plants, and we we have a problem because we have this precedent and this tendency of federal government involvement, which has actually confused people about the role of the federal government and who should or should not do something about these plant shutdowns. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And Donald Trump made some very uh, alarming comments about General Motors shutting down their plants. He actually said things like, they better do something, and uh, they better put something else up there. And the idea is, why would the president have something to say about General Motors shutting down its plants? Man, he's all about these plants, telling them what to do, what not to do. Remember, he something about Apple. Remember back in the yeah, Apple concert, he going to yeah, make yeah. Ac- Apple do something? And well, here's the he's thing. He's always doing that. It's not his authority to do that. Nope. Problem is... The federal government, I believe the American taxpayers, in the sum of $11.2 billion, have bought into some kind of control over General Motors. Right. And that's the problem, right? Well, the president can't tell the businesses what to do. Well, then the Congress had better stop sending them money. If the American people do not have a voice in how you run your company, then you don't get the money from the American people. Basically, they created fascism. Right, because no, that's, we, that's absolutely we, what we pretty did. much bought GM. Yeah, we did. Like we have. Yeah, I mean, you give them money, you don't get it back. You have part ownership in GM. It's crazy. Now, some people are saying it's because of the tariffs or whatever, but General Motors is like, look, um, we're closing down these plants because the market is asking for self-driving electric vehicles in the future and we need plants that will deal that, that we, we need to be able to produce cars that will meet that market value my market ain't asking for that my market ain't asking that for that either but i'm just saying that's you know that's the the, the liberal millennial market those are the, the upcoming the generation day, so if we get to the day where all there is is self-driving cars i'm walking yeah in fact, I'm probably staying home because I'm not even going to want to be around <laughs> these cars. Yeah, you. but come on. Now everybody sees them in the movies. They were in yeah, right. uh, uh, these self-driving cars. I saw Total, Total Recall. Recall when he got in that taxi cab and the self-driving Johnny cab and they tried to kill him. Yeah. Okay, then. 
<laughs> yeah, but Will uh, Will Smith didn't have trouble with his self-driving car. Yeah, he did. I remember he, oh, he had that movie about the robot. I, Robot. That's and right. And to kill him, too. AI. I'm right? telling you, man. Hey, you I'm need to sit down and have a talk with uh, Elon Musk. You guys would get along with <laughs> he's going AI. To, uh, okay, first off, he said he's going to live on Mars. So why you want to leave <laughs> us with AI murdering cars and you're going to go, you're not even living on the planet. <laughs> Come on, man. Elon's not making self-driving cars. He's against AI. That's true. He he doesn't like AI. No, they had, wait 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 a minute. They made they made some that they had some problems with Tesla. They had Tesla self-driving cars. Oh, did they? Well, they he pulled some, them off the market. Cause, though. Yeah, because something blew up. Right. I mean, there you go. Come on, people. <laughs> his car killed people. But it's the market driving thing, right? And here's the problem: we we can't we cannot function in a free market society in America. Uh, because the government has has corrupted the free market society. Those in power have so colluded with the the, the public funds that that you cannot that it's it's a Soviet, right? It's it's actually yeah. fascism and we don't even, no, we don't even them, think about money it. To prop up different ones, punishing others. You know, you can't make bump stocks, you gotta make cars. I mean, come on. You can't dig for coal. You right. have to make solar panels. It's nuts. It's, it's total fascism. Nuts. It is fascism. You know, we um, uh, we have the new website look going on, and I, I'm going to put up a new article today uh, that points out that the federal government, from the creation and proper application of the Constitution, from the tenor in which it was written, the intent and the directive of those who ratified the Constitution, as James Madison will tell us, will uh, explain that the federal government has no authority uh, and it's actually immoral to take taxpayer dollars and give welfare to the people. How much more immoral, how much more unlawful is it for them to give it to corporations? Well, thanks for joining us today. We will uh, be back again on Monday. God bless you guys. I hope you have a great, great weekend. I was one who believed in sharing the blessings I received. Let me Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with our my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Remember, you can find us at chrisannhall.com. K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. You can also find us, uh, the, our excellent constitutional training at libertyfirstuniversity.com. What a better gift for these holidays than the gift of education and liberty. 
I mean, seriously, where can you get for less than $20 the, in, the value of knowledge that comes from understanding how limited government is supposed to work and the principles and the, uh, the values that make America exceptional? We have so much confusion in America today about what government is supposed to do what it's not supposed to do, what its role is, what it's not, what, you know, the role it's not supposed to play. And so what we have then is a situation where people are constantly begging for more government as if that's going to be a solution to a problem. As if more government ever fixed anything. And so I think that's something that, that we need to discuss because we are slipping into the abyss of a totalitarian government because of this ignorance and a dependency, right? You, you have a dependency that is being conditioned in the hearts and the minds of the people of America today. You can't do anything unless government, and you're not safe unless the government makes you safe. You're not prosperous unless the government makes you prosperous. And uh, so I found this article in the Florida Times Union. And the article reads, uh, Be Smart with Federal Regulations. That's the headline in the Florida Times Union. It was actually published on Wednesday. And the first line of this article is what made me literally stop in my tracks. And I want to read this to you, and then I want to get your thoughts, JC. Here's the first line of a, the, the title is Be Smart with Federal Regulations. And then the first line of this article says, Government regulations are needed to protect public health and safety. They also can make sure there is a level playing field for the free market. Uh. How is it a free market if you're making sure there's a level playing field? Isn't that command? That's command control, command economy. That's not right. free market. That's not free market. So that sounds like a contradiction to me. It's confusion. I think that they don't understand. Oxymoron. Oxymoron. Yeah. Regulated free market. You're an ox and a moron. A regulated free market. Well, but then you also have in the beginning that idea that keeping the that the government's regulations keep you safe, keep you healthy. That is not true. And, and that, is, that is factually not true. Uh, when you have friends who have studied law or any uh, of the cases that we talk about in regulatory law, they're obviously going to bring up the slaughterhouse cases where... Uh, people, employees at the sausage factories were being ground up into the sausages, fingers lost, and that sort of thing. And there was nothing stopping the business owners. This is the argument. There was nothing stopping the business owners from allowing their employees or forcing their employees to work in the environment where their health was at risk. Well, that statement right there is legally false. Just because you own a business doesn't make you immune from criminal 
ramifications from criminal prosecution for your criminal negligence that results in the death, great bodily harm, or injury of another person. The problem was not that there were no uh, there were no solutions. The problem was that there was there was just as it is in many places today. JC and I've talked about this this double lack standard. of enforcement lack of enforcement because of, of a double standard yeah lack of enforcement of the laws that already exist right so what you have is this this aristocracy whether they be political aristocracy or corporate aristocracy and the 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 problem then becomes that these people are not the, the laws are not simply being enforced and so then the remedy becomes it, it's almost you know what's crazy it's almost jc like Okay, so let's just accept the fact that we're not going to hold these people accountable to the law. And since we'll accept the fact that we're not going to hold these people accountable to the law, we'll set up a whole new system of regulation so that we can keep these people accountable, which in and of itself is But it's a not about accountability. It co- that's right. It's about right. revenue stream. It is absolutely about a revenue stream. And I'll prove that to you uh, because here's the problem. I was an analytical chemist for a petroleum company in Westlake, Louisiana. Now, Westlake, Louisiana is is home to bunches of of these petroleum companies, and St. Jude's Medical Center knows uh, the cancer treatment center there, and St. Jude's is knows Westlake as being one of the cancer capitals of the world. Well. How could that be so in America where the government is regulating to keep people safe? Well, here's the problem. The regulations are crafted in such a way that it costs more to comply with the regulations than it does to pay the fines for noncompliance. So there's, there's no incentive to comply. Because all you have to do is pay the fine for noncompliance and you don't have to you don't have to to comply because it costs more to comply. So if the regulatory agencies in the federal government is all in existence to keep us healthy and keep this safe, isn't it counterintuitive that the fines would be less than the compliance? Well, yeah. Right. If if their stated purpose was that, right. Definitely. But we know that that can't be their purpose. Right. Because that's not what they're doing. Because in practice, that's not what happens. No, because the purpose of a regulatory... There are actually two purposes for a regulatory agency. Number one, revenue. Number two, control. I mean, seriously, we were just talking to a guy just just this week who owns his own business and is personally aware and has personal proof... That the local sheriff is behaving in a corrupt way. His statements to us were, but I can't say anything because my business license is controlled by the sheriff. Yeah. Right? That is why government regulates business. That's mafia. So that they can keep you quiet and keep you controlled. See, that that simple thing, government regulation is proof that people in America do not own their businesses anymore. You nobody owns their business. 
You are an indentured servant who is required to pay the owning master a privilege fee to to uh, run the to run your business, and you run your business as long as you do it by the master's terms, on the master's terms, and as long as he wants you to do it. Because think about this seriously. All it takes is one regulation that you do not want to comply with or you cannot comply with. Yeah. Maybe it's a completely tyrannical regulation. Well, what, there, are your, what are your options? There are certainly small businesses that, you know, have been driven out of business by, by not being able to do all the stuff that's demanded of them. So there you have it. And, of course, then that drives, you know, that sort of consolidates the market into these massive, you know, global corporations. So have so the money really, with the lawyers to fight them. Yeah. So really and the lobbyists want, to change them. It's crazy. Once again, you have this sort of the whole thing runs toward the globalist interest. I mean, it's like we always end up there, Well, particularly when you talk about the economy. I mean, I'm seriously just uh, having having that that real life experience of that man telling us that that he that he has proof of corruption. He knows the corruption, but he cannot say anything because he would lose his business because the because his particular business license emanates from the sheriff's office. I mean, that is that is absolutely proof of the tyrannical nature of government regulation of private business. It steals your voice. First off, what does that have to do with sheriff? Right. I mean, that should there shouldn't even be that connection. No. I mean that that's just asking for corruption. Absolutely, absolutely. But it I don't think it matters it, it, what entity of government it is because when the government entity has that kind of power over the private individual, that corruption will seep in no matter where it is. So if it comes through the Department of Agriculture, well, then the Department of Agriculture can create oppressive regulations just to cre- increase revenue Yeah, but and the power. sheriff can roll up with deputies, lock you up, take you to jail, and not let you out. I mean, that's a little kind of next level there to me. Yeah, unless you want to talk about that's the Department of Education or the... Yeah, of course. Yeah, are all armed now too. Right when they start, yeah, when they start adding their own paramilitary force, these regulatory agencies. Yeah, so you you end up with the same scenario. So then you have the court system to fall back on, right? Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Seriously, when you have have traditionally conservative justices like Antonin Scalia who will actually write majority opinions that give plenary power to regulatory agencies to inter- to write and interpret legislative intent. Yeah, it's all downhill from there. It's all downhill from there. When, I, when the best when when what you consider your best chance, right? Your best judge on the bench, that's his position, then yeah, right. you know you're already in trouble. And that's why um you know, I just keep falling back on our history of the of the Constitution class, JC. If we had been teaching that class for the last 150 years, I truly and honestly believe we we wouldn't have the America that we have today.
Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. We not only have the uh, Liberty First University, but we have a new line of T-shirts and Liberty gear that I'm really, really excited about. We have a brand new T-shirt on the market uh, that that J.C. designed that, that's getting big raving reports. And uh, the T-shirt logo is socialists suck and you've got pictures of certain you know socialist dictators on it and i i want you to explain the importance of this t-shirt jc because we got a comment on facebook by somebody who actually was was of a cuban national and grew up under a socialist government and and he was really kind of upset. He said, "Why would you publicize and 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 uh, glorify these people's faces? Why would you even talk about them in public and give them that kind of of uh, recognition?" <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, seriously, the guy's hurting. Obviously, you know, sure, I mean, surely being an expatriate like sh- that. Yeah, sure. Well, surely with that history, he he has to know that. There are young people that think Che Guevara is a hero. Right. So right. Uh, if you don't show them stuff like, I mean, how are they going to know? Right. Well, and that's. I, mean, I don't understand that. We shouldn't talk about it. You shouldn't. I mean, what well, do you mean? And, and I think that brings up another point about, about history in general. When we stop talking about the bad things in history, then you have generations who think Che Guevara is a good guy. Yeah. There are people who think Stalin is just simply misrepresented. Oh, they're, they're lionizing Stalin in, in Russia now. Oh I mean, my e- even the Russians themselves are the so young far, Russians? Yes, are so oh far removed goodness. from their own history. And of course you have the government trying to rewrite like Putin Putin likes the whole strong man image and so mm-hmm. and they don't want they don't want a bad history of their country, right? So there's this whole sort of rewrite, recasting uh, who he is, and and so you got generations looking up to a man who killed sixty million people, or who who was instrumental in the death of sixty million people. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah, a so. bigger Holocaust than the than the the German Holocaust. Oh yeah, yeah. So and then you Stalin have, killed more people than Hitler. Well, so the point with the T-shirts, they're a tool, right? They're a tool for this, right. the whole purpose of we're, us making these T-shirts. They're not billboards. They're, right. they're tools whereby we start this conversation. Right, right. So that's that's the point of that. That's why you have that Wentworth Cheswell T-shirt that kind of looks like Che Rivera, the, the popular Che Rivera T-shirt. Yeah. And it's a play on the popular Che Rivera T-shirt, but it 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 uh, it brings it has the picture of Wentworth Cheswell right. on it. So people be like, Wait a minute, that's not Shay. But I, I now I do get where he's coming from. Like he's right. sh- to see that, you know, right. it's kind of a sh- it's shocking, right? You know, like with his walk, history, like walking it. around with Charles Manson, you know, on your shirt. Like, okay, why would you have this guy on display? So yeah, it's a little shock. I mean, when I was in Cuba that time, and you know, as we were, as I was moving around, and you'd see the like I would see the linen like linen pictures and mm-hmm. not john lennon but yeah you know, lennon. The russian guys so, lennon russian so uh yeah and it was just a shock to, i mean to an american you see these right. massive communist you know and all che Guevara and all and, and all this stuff so it is it, it is sort of shocking but again th- this is a tool to 
to have these conversations to educate people. It's well, I just, think a it's lot not of just people an accessory. We're not just making fashion. People, right? It's not. It's not just fashion. As a matter of fact, it's more than that. It's the. It's it's our 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 new tagline on that on our, our clothing line. Don't just postulate, educate. Yeah. Right. And when so, you say something sucks, that's not celebrating it. Right. <laughs> just FYI. Just FYI. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, but you know, I mean, we're. But I get it. I we're I trying do to create. Totally get it. We're really trying to create a way to make it easier for liberty loving people to to change the narrative of what's going on look i realize it's not it's not easy to bring up these things in conversation today because there's so much emotion behind them and especially if you want to talk about the founding fathers people will immediately shut down jc you know that because you've actually crafted your argument based on the the hyperactive emotional response that comes from that you actually give the quotes before the author yeah so that you, you don't i mean if you say well james madison said and they're like ah james madison slave well, but would, then you know why well, and i would say this too about the t-shirt cut me some slack i'm not a professional i'm so i'm gonna there's probably gonna be some shirts that i don't do well and maybe that in, <laughs> in your view that's one of them so you know hey it happens sorry <laughs> sorry about that i'm not i'm not i'm not a professional but we are taking suggestions and i think that they are fabulous The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Uh, For you legal nerds out there, for you constitutional nerds out there, for those of you who like to watch the court activity. I want to give you a uh, sort of little heads up on something that that crossed across that came across my uh, doorstep and s- that I think has the potential of being very interesting from a legal perspective. This uh, happened uh, just f- well Friday, actually. Um, Monument Valley is a tribal park. And uh, Monument Valley in, in Utah. It's a tribal park in Utah. And the uh, tribal leaders shut down the park because of a protest that was happening inside the park. Now, here's the background. There was a group that was trying to film a YouTube documentary The group was filming for Witness in the Desert, a project led by a guy named Derek Broes, who identifies himself as a Gnostic Luciferian. And um, the tribal leaders, the, the law enforcement of the tribe, threw him out, threw this project out of the park for filming without a permit. Now, because they were thrown out, uh, according to the Navajo Times, there was a protest, a demonstration that was happening. Because of the protest and the demonstration, the Navajo 
uh, tribal authorities shut down the park completely. And the Navajo Nation's Park and Recreation Department authorized a statement. I suppose this happened on the 29th. The article's written on the 30th. So wrote a statement on November 29th that says, uh, we apologize for the inconvenience this has caused all visitors and community members. Your understanding and cooperation is very much appreciated and that the park would be closed until further notice. Now, the chapter president, whose name is James Atakai, told the Navajo Times that it was be they closed down the park because of a high level of potential threat to the health and safety of the public in that area and that they were also going to be seeking the assistance of law enforcement to escort the protesters out of tribal lands. Their official statement was, further, we are very concerned that this type of escalating movement or riot may potentially cause unrest, disorder, or disharmony, or may even cause violence or harm to the community. Now, those of you who know about our Constitution, about our Bill of Rights, you know that the, our government cannot shut down a protest for potential problems. Right. But this is a na- different nation, really. This, this is, is a nation within our nation. This is a nation is within our bizarre, nation. But yes. nevertheless, that's what it is. They are a sovereign government. They are not bound by our laws, nor are they bound by our Constitution. And so we understand, and those of you who have been through Liberty First University, you understand, and been through my training, that it is the obligation of our law enforcement to protect peaceful protesters, that you cannot disband a protest especially on public land. Now this, for us, this would be, a park would be public land, uh, especially if it's owned by the government, right? And uh, so this kind of situation would not be, uh, it would not be permitted for the government to shut down a peaceful protest. But this is not America. But these people who are protesting on the tribal property are American citizens. They are not tribal citizens. And so why this is interesting to me is that I can see a pot- I could see a potential lawsuit coming out of this because of ignorance. Uh, because some some lawyer, I mean you can find a lawyer to file any kind of lawsuit these sure. days, especially if it's against a government because governments have deep pockets and and, and that sort of thing. And, and you might say, well, this is clear cut. This is a violation of our freedom of speech and our right to protest. And coming up before the courts then, the, the interesting thing will be how the courts will deal with this. Because we have seen in the past the courts conflating these, these jurisdictions and our courts trying to exercise jurisdiction over tribal lands. Uh, we've seen this with certain eminent domain issues, stuff like that. And so it will be very, very interesting to see what comes from that from sort of a very nerdy kind of legal 
constitutional perspective. See if this, what do you think, JC, that the federal courts would, will um, actually turn away an opportunity to expand their jurisdiction? <laughs> just right, just no. how ridiculous that is. Speaking about expanding jurisdictions, we have the caravan moving. Well, actually not moving. It's in Tijuana, right? It's in Tijuana. And the Tijuana government's not very happy about it. There's right. been uh, people arresting and, and telling these people to go home, and they're tired of the criminals wandering the streets. But we have some legislators now here in America who want to create a pact with Mexico to uh, deal with this caravan. Mm. And it's kind of a deal that all the refugees come through Mexico and that Mexico will vet these refugees and help us sort out the good guys from the bad guys. I, I, since when did we trust the Mexican government? Yeah, I don't know how you'd verify the validity of their process. Come on I mean, now. I guess you could have people down there or whatever. But Are, are we now forgetting that, that we have a problem with 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 the the uh, citizens of Mexico trying to come in into our country and 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 obtain our benefits illegally here i mean i, I don't understand because now we have a whole another group we it's just this fickle mindset we we are so distracted by squirrels in america that we forget the reality of the situation and 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 i don't know but I, here's the thing that that bothers me Part of this pact is to send taxpayer dollars to Mexico to help house the caravan until they can be processed through our immigration enforcement. So we're going to be spending money to Mexico to put up tents and feed these people in Mexico until they can make it through our uh, our vetting processes. What do you think is going to happen to money that we send to Mexico? Oh, come on. Give me a break. Same thing happens to money we send all over the planet. Money that we send to Haiti? It's money wasted. Right? Now, here's the thing that really, really bothers me. Again, this idea that our federal government has the authority to do this. I mean, how can we literally and realistically it complain about a trillion-dollar budget and then sit back and idly watch them spend and spend and spend and spend and spend on things that we don't that they don't have the authority to spend on? They're not only paying out our tax dollars to fund uh, charities in Americans. We're bailing out U.S. corporations on the federal level, corporate charity. We're sending charity to federal government or to foreign countries. But now we have even these so-called conservative politicians that are saying that we, don't you love how politicians use that word we, that we have an obligation to send money to Mexico to pay for uh, non-citizens, and we have an obligation to give non-citizens here in America government-funded benefits. What are government-funded benefits? 
taxpayer-funded benefits. Where's the money coming from? It's from you and me. This is exactly what Frederick Bastiat was talking about when he talked about legal plunder in, 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 um, uh, in government. It, he said such amazing things. He says, the law has placed, this is, Frederick, this is from Frederick Bastiat's The Law. Now, if you have not read Frederick Bastiat's The Law, you have to, you have to read it. After you finish listening to this show, go online. You can read it at no cost to you. You can buy it. You can paperback, whatever, but you can read it online. It's not going to cost you anything. He says, the law has placed the collective force at the disposal of the unscrupulous who wish without risk to exploit the person, liberty, and property of others. It has converted plunder into a right in order to protect plunder. So what is the definition of legal plunder? Well, according to Bastiat, the definition of legal plunder is if the law takes from some persons what belongs to them and gives it to other persons to whom it does not belong, if the law benefits one citizen at the expense of another by doing what the citizen himself cannot do without committing a crime. Can that non-citizen come up to you and, and, and demand that you give him food and money and shelter? He can ask. He can ask, but if, if you refuse, can he then take it from you? No. If he does, is that not a crime? Right. And what Bastiat is saying is, if that person cannot take that from you without your permission, then a government agent doing it on his behalf is no less theft. Right. No less theft. And what I, I love the way Bastiat describes this. He says that this is just simply human greed masquerading as a false philanthropy. And I, I just... Uh, I find that so very, very enlightening when we fail to see that government is not supposed to be in the charity business at all because government-mandated charity is actually theft. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. JC, this is our final segment of the show today. And I want to remind everybody that we have uh, our daily journal Monday through Thursday. They can watch on YouTube. They can listen to at SoundCloud at ChrisAnnHall.com at uh, so many other venues out there to uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, there's several other forums I can't even keep up with anymore how many people are playing the show. But the re- I, I, wa- I want to really impress upon everyone how important it is to read this, this Bastiat's The Law. Because if you go to your uh, typical person today, and I wouldn't even think your liberal millennial or even liberal in general, I think a typical person today 
would justify, uh, to a certain extent, charity by government. Yeah, definitely. They're going to be unwilling to recognize this This is actually theft. But listen to what Bastiat says. He says, uh, the person who profits from this law will complain bitterly, defending his acquired rights. He will claim that the state is obligated to protect and, con- and encourage his particular industry, that, his, that this procedure enriches the state because the protected industry is thus able to spend more and to pay higher wages to the poor working men. How many of you hear that in, in with the corporate bailouts? Yeah. Right? And all of this other stuff. This That is exactly the justification that you hear, well, you know, if you bail us out, then we'll stay in business and we'll be able to pay people money. Bastiat says, do not listen to this sophistry by vested interests. So if you are a recipient of this legal plunder, then your perspective is already skewed and invalid. Well, or if you're some of these globalist companies, I mean, think about Goldman Sachs and all these cats. You go ahead and populate the, the positions of power in government with, your, with you know, your uh, executives, mm-hmm. right? You, I mean, you have this rotating door through some to some of these places Mm -hmm. you look in government and you see oh this was this guy was an executive in this company and here's another one here's another one here's another one so it's all one group so you're just it's like they're going in government to get money on behalf of the companies that they're really there working for you know so that's the that's the corporate corporatism Mm -hmm. and, and this you know almost cabal of of global of these globalist companies really hijacking the the American government. Well, listen to this and robbing the people. So that's the corporate end. What about the individual end? Listen to what Bastiat says, and he's quoting somebody who's trying to justify the the legalized plunder. He says. We cannot buy wine, tobacco, or salt without paying the tax. And a part of the tax that we pay is given by law in privileges and subsidies to men who are richer than we are. Others use the law to raise their prices of bread, meat, iron, or cloth. Thus, since everyone uses the law for his own profit, we also would like to use the law for our own profit. We demand from the law the right of relief, which is the poor man's plunder. To obtain this right, we should also, uh, we should, um, uh, no, let me move that. Anyway, basically, that's what he says. So, because I pay the tax, I should get the tax, right? I pay the money in, so it's my right to have a bailout personally. Yeah. So, and, and anyway, Bastiat gets into all of this confusion. Now, I wrote an article that's available at chrisanhall.com called Government Charity, Unconstitutional and Unlawful. I give you segments of Bastiat, but I also give you our founders' arguments and uh, those that came after the founders before 1833 and to who literally explain why the Constitution does not authorize the federal government to engage in charity and the consequences of allowing them to do that. 
And unfortunately, those consequences we are seeing is now a $3 trillion uh, budget increase. Well, we'll see you guys on Monday. God bless. And sharing the blessings I received Let me know in my heart When my days are through Amen